Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we have to study for obedience. Hi, Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we are the Drunk Guys, and this week we are continuing our romp through the Booker shortlist for the uh, year of 2023. More like it's romp through us. It's a rump. Uh, (laughs) Study of... (laughs) Study for Obedience by Sarah Bernstein. I'm starting with a beer. So the main character, who I don't think has a name, moves into the unnamed countryside with her brother, who I also don't think had a name. No. But she, like, you know, they're there, and it's kind of countryside, and she talks about what she sees, and like, she really just talks about roots and trees and friends and things. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically the whole book. And that's the name of this beer, and that's all I can bring to the table for this episode, because that book fucking sucked ass. Uh, this <laughs> is by Beer... I'm sorry, I gave it away. Beer Tree Brew. Those are words that a shitty AI would say. Where the hell is Johnson City, New York? I think we've talked about this. We've had a few beer trees. Johnson City? We've had... Oh, we had one Beer Tree Brew before. That's it. Huh. I know I've heard the name. It's like Johnson City. It's where the glorious glory holes are. Oh, wait. So, uh, no. Beer Tree Brew. Brew. I have Brew Tree Beer Company. That maybe that's let's start thing. everything over. No, beer Tree Brew. Beer Tree. But it brew. also says definitive. These are two different company. companies. There's a Beer Tree Brew <laughs> and a <laughs> Brew Tree Beer. Wait, I want to make sure this is right. <laughs> Your precious. List. No, okay. There's a there's a Beer Tree Brew and there's a Brewing Tree Beer. Okay. Oh fuck. <laughs> I, I'm looking. I'm like squ- I'm closing one eye to make sure I'm reading this correctly. <laughs> it says Beer Tree Brew, but it also says in the front Definitive Brewing Company, which is ironic that we're not <laughs> sure what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> anyway, it's a wonderful IPA made with nectar. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, well, we had Citra, and it's great. So this book, uh, w- what is it? What is happening in this book? <laughs> It's, no one, no one knows. It's we've been disobedient. We did. I read every fucking word of it. Sometimes, I'm not gonna lie, listeners, I have faked it. I read this whole book. I was like, this is short. I can shit this out. I just got the shit part of that. I did not understand it. So, I'm help me out, gentlemen. Uh, I, just, I can't. Okay. Help you out. I can't. I can't <laughs> explain either, it to me like I'm a gentile. I will. <laughs> uh, I will try. So, the book starts with the main character who is just unnamed, just with a short little passage saying, oh, it was when when the sow squashed her piglets or whatever it was called, uh, or, you know, and I knew it was, uh, that's when I knew things were going to be bad, but but more about that later. And then she goes back and, or actually, you don't even know if it's a he or a she at first. And in fact, I highlighted something very strange about that. So um, it first just says, like, I... I always took care of my siblings, even though I was one of the youngest. And then in my... Well, in the Schrute family, the youngest raises the rest. Yeah. That was an actual quote from the office. (laughs) (laughs) In the Schrute household, the youngest raises the older children. I've been raising children since I was born. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, she says, like, oh, so... I had this job. My brother, he had this trouble. He got divorced. And so I went to go move with him. But there... But the problem is the book is written in such a strange way where nothing has a name. And in fact, the place where she moves to or the country where she says she cannot learn the language is never named, although I'm pretty sure it's Poland. 
least that's my guess. <laughs> oh, it could okay. be Poland. I mean, it's, it could be a fucking you know metaphorical country. Metaphorical Poland is the best name for a beer I've ever heard, <laughs> <laughs> and I only heard it in my head. It tastes like <laughs> the idea of pierogies. <laughs> her her brother. Oh, well, she says that her brother says that he purchased an ancestral manor of some kind or something like that. That perhaps could have been in not our family, but one of our kind, and and now lives there. Even though they're from okay, in the story, I think they're originally from England, but at least that was my guess. Though the she, the unnamed main character, does say that she speaks Italian and German very well, and that her job languages, and that her job is a which is not important at all in the book, is a stenographer, or more like she she's a, she transcribes uh, like lawyer stuff. Like when there's depositions and she goes and like takes the tape and just listens to it and just is able to just type really, really fast and just put it all down and create a transcript. But she says how she doesn't understand, she doesn't even try to understand what they're saying. She just like puts the words down. Oh, it's like when I tell a story to my wife. She doesn't really try to understand. She just hears it and then yells at me for the thing I didn't do. It's no, just like not that. Like that. Um, <laughs> she also although, types very fast. The main <laughs> character, we'll just call her she, because you do find out it's a she. Uh, it's very Nate. Are you? Just, we talked about this. You. It's sh- not every Jewish woman is named Sheila, <laughs> and it's fucking. It's racist that you keep saying that. That's Australian women. <laughs> Sheila Broflovsky. <laughs> So you're not even Sick. sure if it's a Kyle's mom, he or she, until like just a, a little bit into. The, I mean, farther into the book, essentially into page chapter two, and then finally there's this line that says, "Each morning I composed myself, as perhaps others all along the suburban streets composed themselves too, before the bedroom mirror and descended the stairs in the skin of a sister." And when I read that, I was like, whoa, that is a really weird way to phrase that. <laughs> and, I Bill talks and I immediately about thought Silence of the Lambs. When I, when I <laughs> read the skin of a sister, I was like, I was like this is a Silence of the Lambs. Well, in, the, in the morning, it puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> Before you put it said. on, it's so you can lube up to get inside the skin. Otherwise, it sticks. It's true. Like yeah, a gimsuit. So I hear. It's basically smegma. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. What is that but not skin lube? And what is skin lube but lube for the outside of you, whereas I need some lube for the inside of me? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> best this, tra- tra- best this, transition yet. Best segue. I oh, can yeah. say it. I, I can say it with, with certainty. <laughs> I segue well. Um, so this main character, uh, she is basically a slave to her siblings uh, for her whole life, except this book just this one brother but she is uh she just does what she's supposed to do and is done whatever she's told she is aggressively passive (laughs) (laughs) this is aggressively passive from southern grist it's a tart dry hopped ale sure it's not actually that tart Uh, a little bit i don't know i i is that kind of like a berry flavor or some shit what is this sour ale brewed with aged whole cone hops then dry hopped with Motuka and Wakutu. I don't know. I can't see that. It's too dark. Is that the okay. guy who so drops the spiky hops. ball things in Mario? They do some hopping and then do some other hopping. Um, and it's fine. It's, it's nice. It's it's not really that tart, though, which is fine with me. 
She's not very tart either because she has no opinions on anything. But isn't a tart a woman in like British slang? Uh, a tart is like a is like a it's either like a mouthy woman or like a, a a slutty woman. I don't remember which. She is neither. She is neither. She has no personality. She is raised to be a caretaker slave for her siblings, which I assume is a metaphor, but I don't know for what. Nope. Go on, Nate. What happens <laughs> next? So she. So and the first chapter or two, or is just kind of. Um, uh, you know, learning a little bit about her and her life, although not that much. And then eventually she moves, she like moves, like, you know, she ends her job with the law firm, except she doesn't because she's actually going to work remotely and she will, she will just like get the audio and type out the transcripts. It's also confusing when this book takes place because it seems yeah. like olden times, but they have remote work and the internet. So I don't, have any idea. It could just be Poland, modern day. It's Poland any time in its history. <laughs> so there are a couple of reasons why I thought it was Poland. But, um, well, first, it's definitely European because it's like, was a former homeland for the Jews. But it was also uh, colder. So it's like, all right, it can't be like Southern Europe because that just doesn't make sense because there's all this like snow and cold in the beginning. And they'd gotten rid of their Jews a long time ago. <laughs> They really spelled them out of, like, Italy centuries ago. It was yeah. a recent expulsion. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. right, that's what I'm thinking. Not even, I mean, it's half a joke. Like, seriously, like, those places had been fucked up first. <laughs> anyway, she said, and I was like, okay, maybe it's Germany. But then she said that she had this one offhand line. Like, oh, I spoke, at, you know, my Italian and German teachers were so amazed by my ability. It's like, okay, so she definitely, it's definitely not Germany because she later says, I just cannot learn this language. It's like, I'm, oh, it's Polish. Good. I'm really good with languages, but this one just makes no sense to me. I just can't. It could be the Czech Republic. It. No one can learn that shit. Czech? Yeah. It's like one of the hardest languages to learn. Isn't it just like diet Polish? I, I say that as a person who's partly, partly Czech. So, so, <laughs> so it could have been. And I'm, I'm very, very keen to be like, no, I'm not Polish. It's it could easily also up. just be a made-up place. Because this it, whole book is also, a metaphor. Yes. Well, Czechoslovakia was a made-up place by the Treaty mm. of Versailles. All countries uh, are made up. <laughs> yeah, get it right, colonial imperialist prick. Mm. I apparently didn't highlight the line, but there was a line that said something like, something about a place I that like used pierogies. to be... <laughs> that, that, <laughs> you, that used to be very focused on efficiency, but then... That was renounced and is now blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, okay. So it's formerly communist, which could also be Czech Republic. That is true. But it was so, like, this is just a very rural farming town community thing. I just oh, felt yeah. like Czech Republic is, I, I don't know. I don't know almost anything about it. So I'm just, in my head, it was like Poland is more agricultural. Maybe than Slovakia then. <laughs> People know even less about that half. There you go. Anyway, wherever she ended up going, wouldn't you uh, call that call that kind of like an intergalactic exile? Yes. Uh, that is what Poland is known for. <laughs> this is intergalactic exile. West Coast style IPA by Mast Landing. And it is very West Coast with Chinook, Amarillo, and Centennial hops. And it is 7% alcohol. Isn't Poland a country with like no coast? Are they landlocked? Or do they have some North Sea access? I think they have North Sea access. Don't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's where, that's where their Navy sinks. <laughs> <laughs> when they open the screen doors for their... 
<laughs> they're submarines. Well, their their space program really has yet to get off the ground. You know, you know the one about the Polish uh, space force. It was they were like we're, America was the first uh, you know, first to put a man on the moon, but the the proud Poles would be the first to put a man on the sun. <laughs> and you, you can't do that, Stanislav. He'll just melt like before you even get close. Like, yeah, that's why we're gonna go at night. <laughs> I have a coworker who's a very proud Polish woman. She's always like, Copernicus is like, holy fuck, you're still holding on to that? That's <laughs> 500 years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's like Israelis still holding on to Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even like him. <laughs> they got rid of that a long time ago. <laughs> so how's the beer date? <laughs> uh, it's fine. It is still not nearly as bitter as West Coast IPAs used to be. How does this flavor compare to kielbasa? <laughs> it's to hard to compare the two. It's not compare at all. Just oh, it's like, like trying to fucking dis- it's like trying to discuss this fucking book. <laughs> like I can't do that either. The, so. well, okay, the sort of like tone of this book or the way the book is written, it felt to me like Edgar Allan Poe. It, it felt like Fall of the House of Usher. By I mean, like the way things are described and the way the plot goes along, where there almost kind of isn't a plot. I mean, I guess there is. There is actually a plot that we're going to get to, but it's like it's just a detached. Like yes, very disinterested in her own story. And they're very just long sentences, and there's absolutely no dialogue at all. There's like one point when she says hello. And then she describes having had the conversation, but not like quotation marks. And I said this, and they said that, then I said this, and they said that. So it's just kind of like, there's just no dialogue. But it, so it reminded me of Edgar Allan Poe, but not in a good way. In sort of the like a boring, overly written way. Kind of like gothic, but also confusing. Most people who go through a goth phase are confused, Jimmy. Hey, it's, it's a, it is a lifestyle and yes. it'll never not be goth. Lifestyle slash brand of at Spencer's Gifts. Yes. <laughs> and hot Sadness topic. is best expressed at the mall. Um. <laughs> that sounds, that's late stage capitalism. That's, that's what that is. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> uh, so she's in this foreign country. Speaking of, by the way, though, before we go any further, we talk about... Speaking of late-stage capitalism, if you want to support the podcast... <laughs> Before the capitalism collapses in yes. on itself. Or if you're listening to this in the future, would you like to trade some of your, you know, uh, hubcaps you scavenged? <laughs> <laughs> mm, nice and grisly this time. <laughs> Just like mom used to make. Uh, if you could Herself. go to... That's, yes, it was a... Oh, this is upsetting. Patreon.com slash Narcos book to support the podcast and get early access to episodes, exclusive content. Join us for our live episodes. If I remember to do it and you remind me to do it, that's key. I will send you things. I forget sometimes because, you know, I'm. let's just face it, we're alcoholics. So, like, you know, we'll get you things. And it's awesome. And you get the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting something without the smugness of it going to NPR. Like, like, you don't get to have a New Yorker tote bag. You get a bag for your shit that we sell on our merch store that has Peter Pan literally taking a shit on it. Because <laughs> we're classy like that. Because we're classy like that. <laughs> if you want to support the podcast, you can do all that. Or you can help us out by leaving a review. A good one is even better. Or just telling someone to check it out. Uh, but just do a better job of explaining it than this book does. 
So don't spend 72 pages talking about the idea of a podcast. Just say, hey, you ever hear of the Drink Guys Book Club? And they'll say, sir, this is a library. You can't talk in here. And you're like, oh, so close. It's books. We'd appreciate any or all of that. Back to the book, though, gentlemen. So the, char- the main character is living in this town, and it, which is just very much uh, it just farms because the her brother now like owns all the, owns this big farm or like several big farms and she goes to try and both take she goes there she's kind of taking care of him but she's also like kind of taking care of the house and doing a little bit of work on the farm but everyone there hates her except she can't communicate with it but they're like superstitiously afraid of her because, well, when she first got there, and I, I, I don't know if I quite have the order of all of these correct, but when she first got there, she just kind of like peeked into the pig pen, and then a day later, the the sow like just crushed her piglets, which is a very bad sign. And then in this whole, and then and then there's other bad luck that keeps going on. There's like you know a a ewe that gets like caught in a fence, a pregnant ewe that gets caught in a fence. And then there's the, and, and mid, mid dump, it's <laughs> mid shitting out a baby. Oh yeah. It gets caught in a fence. And then the cows, like the, her brother has a small barn with about 10 cows that were all like well loved and well ca- cared for, but clearly all got mad cow disease and just like went completely crazy and had to be killed, had to be put down. And so all of these things, these are things that like happen once a generation, but never all at the same time. So everyone is very freaked out and they think it's because she's there, that she's bringing the bad luck because she's Jewish. It doesn't that say really that, what but that's think. exactly what it says. But that's what it is. Yeah. It doesn't, it is never said specifically, oh, they know I'm Jewish. So that's why they think that, but that is what you're meant to get from it. And this is also because uh, her brother has left for business uh so she is now left with all this time to do other stuff like helping on the farms where she causes animals to lose their minds um but like when she still say when we say take care of her brother she was like washing him in the bath and reading to him and he is a grown they're both grown people well, well their, i think he's supposed adults. to be old yeah like he's they're grown gr- he's he's elderly though i mean he's probably i think he's in his like 40s or 50s, because they mentioned like his wife just left him and took the they took their little kids. But he by the end of the book, he's like a decrepit piece of shit. Well, I think that's a I think that's a metaphor because the book takes sick. place the, t- the book takes place over like a season. Because yeah, he like he Who gets knows? very sick at the end, and I assume that's also a metaphor. And he turns into a decrepit old man, but he is not old old at first. But he's a successful businessman. He's very charming. He works at the business store. Working overtime. And she mentions, you know, back in her past and her jobs, they would just say they'd make her an accountant because of her heritage. And she's like, I don't know math. And they're like, your people are good at this. Sure you do. Yeah, she kept getting automated. She would join a, like, little group or, and they would all automatically make her treasurer. And even though she's terrible at it. I, I love the, the idea of the racially assigned jobs. that They were like, listen, you're going to be treasurer. Denzel is playing bass. <laughs> and this is gonna we're gonna be the tightest fucking office <laughs> on the Thames. Like this is gonna be amazing. But it, it it's it, at that point when she was like, they always made me treasurer, I never knew why. He's like, there's something about this. I can't quite put my nose on it, but I could put my finger on your comically stereotypically large nose because these are old Jew stereotypes. And uh the author 
I don't want to assume, but her name is Sarah Bernstein. I think is Jewish. She's French Canadian Jewish. That is an exotic blend. Yeah. Can she ever have poutine? Like, isn't that like <laughs> dairy and whatever on the Man, same? If she's plate? not kosher, then yes. I hope for her sake, because poutine is fucking awesome. I'm sure, I'm not just making that up. She was. Yeah, she's she from Montreal. Canadian. Oh man! But she teaches in Scotland. That is quite a journey. But you're like, okay, I get it. This is about the Jews, which fine. But I, I didn't know. Maybe, maybe if I had, maybe I have to, I have to rewatch Borat. But can Jews just make pigs explode with their mind? <laughs> that well, they really don't like pigs, so yes. <laughs> but she like just she just like walks into a farm and pigs die. And they're like, "Fuck! Oh, the Jewish witch is back." It was absurd. And then she's like, "You know what? I don't know. About, I don't know how cloven the hooves are of that sheep. I needed to dump out that baby." And that's just happening. And everyone's like, yep, I should have known. Jews are here. That's why our livestock is talking. It's like, is this supposed to be modern day or is this like the 1300s? Like, that's why I thought it was Poland. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Oh, man. Yes, they're still feeling solidarity with their feudal lords. They still have the Black Death there. <laughs> It's the only black thing they have in Poland. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, then then she goes around and she spreads blight and whatever else. Well, they but she somehow like spreading blight. But she somehow like she is like I don't know what anything says or means, but I signed up and I became part of a farm share. Like she's in Williamsburg all of a sudden, and she has to she's work a kibitz. few days a week. It's a, a, oh shit. Like the famed uh, Jewish dog food, kibbutz and bits. Um, <laughs> For communist dogs. Yes, right. Uh, each according to his growl. and uh, <laughs> Each according to his breed, Mike. Come on. Um, so, well, I, I, that, sounds, that sounds a little eugenicy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eugenicy. Dog, dog breed is pretty eugenicy. Is that, a, at is some that point, a liqueur? There, there, she, takes, <laughs> she takes care of like this, her brother's old, decrepit dog. Who doesn't ever leave the porch because he's too it's old? Got, it's got, got gout. Three legs. He's got three legs, and his other legs don't work. And, he's and then spade. some lady comes up to her and is like, through her gestures, I want to know what gestures these were. I do too. A- so accuses badly. her crippled, ballless dog <laughs> of impregnating her dog, and she needs money for a dog abortion. See, that's how strong. <laughs> Dog abortion is like. How do you communicate that through gestures? I would love to say. I feel like that's an entire hour and a half of interpretive dance <laughs> to show that story, that journey. Yeah. Like, listen, I know you Jews. You have such powerful dog jizz, <laughs> <laughs> and the dog's not even Jewish. How do we know? I mean, dogs are famously non-believers. <laughs> they're pretty. They're they're not very observant. We are their gods. So. That's true. But she's like your dog has special jujas, and it is somehow circumvented having no testicles or enough legs to even mount my dog. Yeah, but it knocked my dog up, and she does that without words. That's impressive. Like fuck that Marcel Marceau guy, and is like walking in the wind. If she could say that shit, <laughs> like, I'm getting what I'm getting. What you're laying down, you know, it's like uh, I'm impressed. 
I guess it's but he's just like, hey, you know, the dog has no balls, but I'm going to give her this money anyway. And then the lady just keeps standing outside of her house, staring accusingly, even though she has money for the dog abortion. How much could that cost? It can't cost how that Poland? much. How, how hard can you kick? How many, like, what, kopecks is that? Is that a Polish money? I, I think, feel like that's uh, Russian. Uh, I think they all, all those Slavic, Slavic countries had similar things. Is Poland part of the EU? Do they use uh, euros? Yeah. Um, good question. They're in NATO. I don't think they are, are they in, in the, the EU? EU. I think Russia mm. would lose its fucking mind if Poland joined the EU. I don't, I don't fucking care enough. <laughs> That's what I'm going to Google it. It must be. Because if they were going to put Turkey in there, they have to have mm. Poland. Well, no. The, everyone in England is so mad that everyone from Poland is moving there. That means they have to be in the EU. Polands are the Mexicans of Europe, which is mm. quite the Slovenians. You know, it's not a big enough country. Slovenia is just not big enough. Yeah. Slovenia, uh, a friend of mine was telling me he, when he was living in Italy, was a study abroad, he was living at this old lady's house, and she had a Slovenian housekeeper. And the little lady was like, this lady, this woman, this Slovenian, I could kill her, and no one would care. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this, this is Dracula's <laughs> That's wife a humble talking. brag. <laughs> it also could have been like Latvia... Lithuania, Estonia. I'm going to say it's got to be a metaphorical country because this whole fucking thing is there's a metaphor for this is how the Jews were treated wherever they went, which is true, but it still doesn't make this book good. Yeah, well, like the whole, I mean, I'm like, I don't ever want to diminish the treatment of the Jewish people in Europe because it's been fucked up, but the whole idea, like, oh God, they spread blight to the potato farms or they're spreading diseases. That's like Middle Ages shit, isn't it? Like, is that something that's more... I mean, the modern anti-Semitism is much more direct. Like, they are... They like with the space Germany lasers. in the back. <laughs> they have Jewish space lasers. I mean, yeah. well, partly, you know, hey, broken clock, you know? Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, the whole, like, oh, they're carrying diseases inside of their yarmulkes or whatever the fuck people believed in the Middle Ages. It just, it, it just seemed wild. Because that was never... That wasn't a thing in the Holocaust, for example, that they were like, we got to kill the Jews because they're making our sheep give birth halfway. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a timeless, spooky fairy tale, but it's written That's so fair. fucking weird that you even struggle to understand what the point is. Once she mentioned, like, the word Sabbath once, I was like, okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I get it, yeah. But it, yep. it is just like, once you get it, it doesn't make it better. It's still just like, okay, I'm going to read another 70 pages of loose metaphor and just kind of like... I, I, I think this is one of those books where it's like, it's about treatment of the Jews and also treatment of women and also treatment of other things. And sure, these are all important Outside issues, certainly. Issues, yeah. But this, I don't know what this book did for that. So I had to look up an article about what it's about but why first, is let's this just, book <laughs> yeah kind of because I, I really was like am i like missing something is yeah, this all are. like a metaphor for is this you know is there something big going on that i'm just not seeing and the answer was no but uh <laughs> okay so what happens is the town is like really like superstitiously like scared of her and then they like confront her, like people wearing like white robes, like come get her and bring her to the church. And then they have some sort of like ceremony. And there's something with like the grass. She was weaving these little like th- men shaped things out of grasses, out of reeds or something like that, and leaving it around town. 
Now that's weird. <laughs> like that <laughs> would be creepy. I feel like that's, that's like some like druid shit. Yeah, that's prime witch behavior. And then they and sh- they like take her to the church, and she just sort of like I forget what she she just like apologized, but of course she can't speak the language. So I I forget how that's resolved exactly, but it's not. Nothing here's, is. Here's the yeah, so there we go. I, that's why I don't remember because it wasn't. So here the article <laughs> said it's about not just anti-Semitism, but it's about for people who are Jewish, it's internalizing the anti-Semitism and it's just sort of like accepting it, just sort of like going along with it because it's like well, because the, the the character who doesn't have a name, it just sort of like tries to do everything to appease the people and just tries to be friendly. And she like goes into the coffee shop and everyone like thinks they're going to die because she walked in to order a cup of coffee. They're like freaked out. And so she just, instead of saying like, Hey guys, fuck you. You can't treat me like this. Instead, she does the opposite. She does everything to try to like fit in, try to like just not antagonize everyone, which just assimilate. There you go. Assimilate, just which just closes off her life. But they don't want her at all. So she's just sort of stuck at the house with her brother doing nothing. And so in my mind, although I'm not sure if this was it, she sort of like takes over the care of her brother like and does like too much because she has literally nothing else to do in the but entire... But she was like, raised to do that her whole life. Her parents were like, You're, you aren't supposed to exist as a person. You just exist to take care of your siblings. And that part, I don't get what the fuck that's it, about. And, and he is the eldest brother that everyone was like, thing. oh, or just a like... I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but just like the firstborn, the family puts all of their hopes and, you know all their energy into the firstborn. Yeah, you let the second one become an eye doctor, and if it doesn't work out, he becomes a dictator of Syria. It's <laughs> true story. Yeah. But there is, there is, I mean, I think what Jimmy was trying to do, not trying to be like getting at there. No, oh, I was trying. I, I can't. No, but like, the, the, like in Because uh, here's here was confusing. As much as we make uh, facile jokes about uh, all sorts of shit, uh, we understand, I understand enough at least that there are multiple types of Jews in the world, and the this you know the the Polish Jew like the sort of like what's the right word for it? Um, not non-observant, but like you know casual Jews of Europe that, that we were thinking like, reform, reform Orthodox. Yeah. Ultra well, then there's Orthodox. like the Orthodox Hasidic, like if you Sec- live in the place, secular like, Jews, even secular. That's the word I was trying to think of. Thank you. But like the in the more conservative communities, like the women are treated far more. Like your job is like they're like super traditional roles for women, you know, taking care of children. Taking yeah, but I don't. I didn't understand at least that that was the case for places like Poland. In like that, I don't think that's what their Jewish communities were like. I think she's going for multiple things here, and that is kind of part of what I found maybe not confusing, but just like it feels like too much for what is a short book. And it's like I guess you could certainly have social commentary on more than one thing, but it's like treatment of the Jews. Sure. But also how these, maybe it's not specifically about how the Jews treat women's, how everyone treats women, I guess, to an extreme case of, in this metaphor, it's, it, it felt, it, it was confusing. It felt like it was, I don't know. It felt like she was criticizing everything and being as vague about it as possible at times, or like there was so much vague stuff in between these like obvious 
critiques that I just kind of got muddled. Also, don't forget that Poland doesn't have very many Jews anymore. Because all exactly because ninety percent of them ended up in the ninety percent died. Ninety yeah. percent died in the Holocaust. So for most people, I mean, so when we read Everything Is Illuminated by Jonathan Safran Foer, it kind of gets to the same idea. Like in this whole like area of Eastern Europe, there used to be, you know, there used to be many people who were Jewish, but now the people who live there, the people who live there now have almost never met one. Mm. So they're just going based on the old folk tales, which is why they think she's blighting everything. Yeah. Where are your horns? And there was one thing at the end of this book, near the end, not that the order of most of it matters, where she's talking to her brother, and her brother is saying, like, students are complaining and protesting, and they're taking away people's right to have speaking engagements, and that's basically the same thing as uh, genocide. And I was like, well, why? what is he? What? Yeah, what was he complaining about? Like, I mean, I mean, that's like a that's like a modern day like like Stephen Crowder right wing internet guy talking point, where it's like you know we're we're the ones being persecuted. Was like, why is she throwing this in here too? That's kind of out of nowhere, and that's all that's ever mentioned of it is like that one little paragraph. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, it's like a uh, well, maybe he's maybe instead of Stephen Crowder, it's more like Ben Shapiro, (laughs) and that's not meant to be a. uh lazy Jewish joke, but like, that's a kind of thing yeah. that Shapiro would say as well, who is, has much yeah. bigger reach. Maybe, yeah, it's, it's, but it's, it's the same, like, same, uh, yeah, yeah, it, no, I, like, I hear you. archetype of, like, an online right-wing, you know, pseudo-intellectual guy who just complains. I will say, I did watch an episode of Stephen Crowder once when he had Ben Shapiro on, which was, like, oof, it was a lot for me, and, uh... That is, uh, that sounds terrible. It was pretty rough. <laughs> I couldn't watch the whole thing, but I did like that Stephen Crowder was was pushing on the Jew jokes pretty hard. <laughs> and uh, he's like... Was he wearing a gun in the radio studio? Uh, he has a gun on his desk. And when he does oh, his... Phone. Usually he keeps it in his shoulder holster he wears uh, over his shirt. Yeah. Like, just like oh, over his oh, t-shirt. It's like, why are you it's, doing It's this? over his like fitted, uh, like knit shirt to show his <laughs> his guns, his muscles. But he had like a thing how like Steven Crowder's whole business model was like join this, you know, be an exclusive member and you, you're in the, the the mug club and you get like a canteen mailed to you so you could you could drink the beverage you of your piss choice. Into it, drink your own piss. Yeah. And then Shapiro's <laughs> people were they had their own thing. And Steven Crowder's like, I think your new ads are a little edgy or something like that. And then they had a mock up of it. It was uh join Ben Shapiro or the Daily Wire, whatever the fuck it's called. Thing, get the Ben Shapiro tumbler filled with Jew gold. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was like, wow, dude, you're talking to him. Sometimes I think Ben Shapiro doesn't understand who a lot of his audience is. I don't think he cares, honestly. I think no, he just still makes money off of it. That's which is it's all a grift, baby. That's the most anti Semitic thing you've said yet. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so she she explodes baby cows and shit, and uh, her brother deteriorates into just straight up Stephen Hawking syndrome, but without them being ranting good about persecution by students. Yeah, and then she kind of like allegedly, I read in reviews like, oh, she stands up for herself in the end, and it was like, I don't know, does she? she really? I missed that. I don't really know about that. But I missed everything maybe, else, so that's yeah, fine too. Maybe nominally, she just like has an opinion, and that counts. Not saying that herself, but like exerts some level of more self, not self-awareness, but like self-determination than she ever has, which at that point is almost nothing. 
So it's pretty easy to breeze through. I don't remember exactly what it was, though. What, was, what did she actually Oh, say? I don't have any idea either. I forget. I don't think it was anything important. But I guess maybe it was. Cause, oh, yeah. But but I think in the end it's so little that I don't know if that's, a, if that's also a metaphor or if it's just like you're supposed to extrapolate beyond this. Like she's going to do okay. But I don't think she is. So I get the is, is it that she pushed back and it wasn't much, but it was enough is could be one thing, right? That you just have to push back a little bit and then people, you know, these paper paper tigers, you know, the uh you know, anti Semites or whatever they because they, they pick on the the perceived weakest group. Or is that she pushed back and it wasn't enough and there's never gonna be enough to end this. I I, I don't know. You can, I, I'm not sure I wasn't sure how to interpret it. She says at the end, I claim my right to live, which I guess that is, I don't know, that's it. But I mean, this this is the kind of book that I think, I don't want to say this crudely, but I think it's really up its own ass. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fair. Like, this is the kind of book that's like, oh, this is either the author, definitely, probably, and people who like it is like, oh, this is like art. And this is intense, like lit- like literature, capital L. But for like me, you know, I fully admit I am probably just too stupid for it. But it's like I get, I get the critiques. It's not those aren't complicated. But I thought that how weird it was and how just kind of vague and babbly it was at times kind of didn't help, didn't make it better. So I have a, I have a half baked theory. We do live in a time when anti-Semitism is on the rise, which for most of for our lifetimes, except for Nate's, because he was alive and almost made it into the SS. The he was he was alive <laughs> during the Inquisition. He was he was rooting him out. He's the reason there are no Jews in Sicily. But they, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, for much for our li- lifetimes, really, we were born in the eighties. People grew up in the shadow and the echoes of World War II and the Holocaust, and like that was a terrible thing. And like that's as it wasn't a debate that Nazis were bad. You know, no one debated that. <laughs> you know, I mean, we st- they were still like you, you let them get to have their marches, you know, because <laughs> then you could see what yeah. fucking asshats they are. But that is that has changed. That has changed in our lifetime. We've witnessed that. And I wonder, maybe that's yeah, part of what the author's talking about, right? Like how the anti-Semitism is this thing that's been around since um, Semitism. Like <laughs> since <laughs> since there were Semites, there's been anti-Semitism. And uh, you know, there's like a like a there's like a linguist debate about whether anti-Semitism should be hyphenated or not. Because if you hyphenate it, that implies that Semitism is a thing. But like nobody the has that. Yeah, they're saying so. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be hyphenated because <laughs> no one is like I'm a proponent of Semitism. It's not a thing. It's anti-Semitism is one word, not hyphenated. It's a it's a huge nerd battle, especially now that people have to use the word way more often. <laughs> sure. I mean, I'll wait for like Strunk and White to weigh in on that <laughs> to see which way <laughs> anyone cares. But uh, it's called uh, Zionism. <laughs> so like, I think that would be like if it was like a word, you're like I support the Jews and their Jewish state and their, you know, not being, you know, murdered. The closest word is Zion, I can think of Zionism. Besides Zionism even, and anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism are different things. Well, it depends on who you ask, but yes, yes I, I agree with it you. It certainly does. <laughs> because there are people that 
selectively conflate those two or or de deconflate those two. Deflate? That's what Tom Brady does. But they <laughs> topical <laughs> sports jokes. Um, <laughs> so topical. topical. From just eight years ago. <laughs> Cutting edge sports humor. He's retired three times since then. <laughs> yeah, he really has. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I don't know what we're talking about anymore, but uh, I don't know. It's certainly, Nate, it's certainly talking... a timely issue. Sure. I just well, oh, yeah, yeah. This book, this book was confusing, and it didn't... I, I, I did want to yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you for reminding me. She, this is a thing that is more modern, right? Like, you hear, you see all these things, like, oh, since, you know, Elon Musk bought Twitter and, and fucking took a dump on it, it's now, <laughs> like, anti-Semitic and... You know, anti whatever group you could think of stuff has increased, right? Like negative, horrible shit on the internet. I think it, you mean free speech. Uh, well, it is free or eight <laughs> bucks a month if you want a blue check mark next to your free speech. But but there's also this element that maybe the author is getting at of it's like a dreaminess to the book. This like vague fogginess. Yeah. That is like, you know, maybe she's kind of saying something effectively. We can't. This stuff doesn't go away forever. It's kind of it's always there beneath the surface. It's it's you know something something to that effect. And we can't just accept it. We can't just. It doesn't just go assimilate. away. It doesn't disappear. Like if you ignore it and you're like we, we take the high ground, like it doesn't just disappear. We can't just appease them in hope that it will go away. And it has never they, people before. people will stop picking on us. Yeah, I mean that that's all very true. And I you know I. I understood her points, and I yeah, I 100% agree with them. I just thought that this book was difficult to read, and oh, like it just—it was so short and still such yeah. a slog. Just <laughs> so slow, and let just—I mean, the first, just the first like two pages, I was like, okay, I have to read that again. Just I'm just gonna yeah. go back to the beginning and read that again, and. Also, this is another book that's impossible to skim because it's extremely long sentences in extremely long paragraphs with no dialogue at all. So there are no quotation marks at all because there's no dialogue to speak of. So get that, get it, the joke, speak of. <laughs> I, I think you could skim it and get about the same amount out of it. Unless you have a PhD in literature. I could have okay. not read it and got the same amount that I got out of it. Because if you're like, yeah, anti-Semitism is bad. It's like, yeah, of course it is. It's fucking, yeah. Just kind of figuring out what's going on was very difficult. Because of the way, in sort of its dreamlike way, it was describing everything. So I was very confused. Even though I'm like, okay, I think I know what's going on. But what's the point? <laughs> or what is... It's like both I got it and yeah. I'm like, wait, where did I not get it? Is there... Like the point is so fucking straightforward that you're like it can't be that simple but it is it's like yes i get the metaphor the metaphor itself is not subtle at all i don't think it's but even everything a metaphor. around it was so subtle you're like i don't know what it fucking means it's not a metaphor when she's like i am jewish and they're mean an, to me for being yeah. jewish is it an allegory uh, maybe that's yeah like i think is it a synecdoche <laughs> timesis <laughs> those are the dumb words that you learn in school <laughs> We have some English teacher listeners. They could tell us which one it is. It's an Al Gore e <laughs> book should be kept in a lockbox. This was, I think, my least favorite of 
all of the long lists and short lists we've read. And by least favorite, I mean I, I did not like this book. Well, I think you made it clear to us, Jimmy, when you said, I wish I could not see this book, wink, wink. <laughs> and we're like, what does that mean? <laughs> You'll get it. And there's like, this puts the SS in ass. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, Jesus. I don't know why you kept texting us that, but they're like, they're like lightning bolts. Is there, where, how do you even type those S's, Jimmy? They're so weird. Those runes? <laughs> like, I mean, this, uh, these, they ruined Europe. There's another thing Jimmy said. In, it was, that's the same S he uses in DeSantis. Uh, <laughs> also, Kiss. Famously, old Jews. Yeah, those are, those are fucking Nazi runes. Do you they? know when Kiss played in, I don't know if it's still the case, but at some point when they would play concerts in Germany, because any Nazi shit is illegal there, Kiss had to, couldn't put those on their elaborate stage show, so they'd have Z's instead of the rune at the runic S's. So and Gene be, Simmons is Jewish. They're all Jewish. Paul Stanley, uh, Ace Frehley, they were all, all the original. Uh, maybe not Peter Chris. He might have. He might have been I think, Guido. I think Gene Simmons was born in Israel. His name is Chaim Witz. Yeah, he was born in Israel. <laughs> Yes, they're very Jewish. They are they are the kings of the Jews who rock wiki or whatever that website we found. <laughs> oh, right, I forgot about that. <laughs> but if you look at Kiss up there with celebrity feet wiki. Kiss. <laughs> uh, Kiss is there like a like least Jew least Jewish rockers and it's Ted Nugent. Yeah, that's true. So if you look at Kiss performing in Germany, it says Kiss. It's two Z's because they can't put the. Uh, they can't show the, the S's like that because it looks like the SS logo. That's bizarre. How bizarre? But not as so, bizarre as this book. No. So this was bad. I <laughs> I would say House of Doors was House of Doors was worse. That House I of Doors was more boring. House of Doors. I would put House of Doors below this one, but this would be. Is it because two. House of Doors was longer? House of Doors was understandable and boring. This was boring and confusing. At least it was and short. I will it take was cold. heavy-handed and very, very loose-handed at the same time. You're getting smacked around by two different hands. One hand has been stung by bees, and the other hand has palsy. It's like getting, instead of getting fisted and choked, you're getting fisted while wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> but you're being fisted by a turtle. It's, it's very, very... The whole turtle, not just like a turtle's arm. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. The shell. And he's angry. Sideways. But yes, this... this. Uh, do you think it'll win? I don't. No. Or it very well might, but I don't think so. I don't think, I think it should. I think it's too far out there in terms of, like, accessibility. You never know, though. The judges might be like, this is the kind of book people should be challenged with. It's definitely, it's definitely like a, you know, a, this, is, this is the issue of our time kind of thing. But I think it's so fucking weird that it... I think that outdoes the importance of the issues it puts forth. I don't think this is going to win. What do you guys think? No. Nope. I, I really, I think this was, I, I did also did not like House of Doors, but I thought House of Doors was at least easier to get through than this. It was just so fucking boring. House of Doors was awards bait. Yeah, but it was such awards bait that even they were like, we could only long list this. Well, it didn't work. Nice try. No fucking author whose name I forgot already. <laughs> Tang, Tan, Tan something? Something like that. Jesus anyway, if you, you, know, you just sound like a racist. <laughs> if, you know who, if you know who wrote it, why don't you send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Jesus. 
or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. And if you want to support the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club to pay for Nate's anti-defamation lawsuits that are <laughs> coming. Mine. <laughs> and you can also join us on Goodreads. Uh, and check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.